Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 258 and we're talking about micronations. And uh, this is our third take because (laughs) we've had so many technical problems. Trust Christmas Eve, huh? But it's okay because this morning we went on a winery tour and they gave us lots of tastes of sherry. So we're actually in quite a good mood. That might be why we're having so many technical problems. (laughs) Well, Christmas in Jerez is, uh, I guess, about three things. The the lights in the streets, the nativity scenes that they put up everywhere. There's even a nativity scene museum. And also the Zambombas, Mm -hmm. which are street parties with various instruments and uh, kind of flamenco-style Christmas carols. Yeah, Christmas here is awesome. It's so much fun. There's lots and lots of special Christmas foods like the uh, tortas de aceite, the I suppose the oil cakes, and uh, polvorones, which are like dust cakes, and turrones, which are, I don't know what they would be, like toffee cakes. Lots of different types of cakes. They're not actually cakes at all. Nothing to do with cakes, but uh, that's what they're called. And then, uh, yeah, you go out to the, the, the street parties, there's some bombas, and everyone's singing, and some of the Songs are really, really hilarious. (laughs) The other day, we were going to go to a nativity scene exhibition, and uh, it didn't open in front of the five minutes, so we went to have a glass of most, which is also a drink that's kind of common around now. It's the young wine that's uh, produced from the first first pressing of the the wines. And uh, while we were waiting for our most to arrive, a nearby group of people just started singing. They had a drum, and it was hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, if you're lucky, uh, I've I'll be able to take the recordings that we've made of the Zambombas off my phone, and you'll be able to listen to them right now. Or not, depending on if I manage to uh, to do this or not. But today uh, is episode 258, and we're talking about the micronations of Europe. In fact, we're talking about three out of four of them. Um, poor Liechtenstein gets left behind. And the Vatican City. We didn't go there this time oh, either. Oh, yeah, that's true. But There's actually lots talk- of tiny countries in Europe. Yeah, kind of remnants of, uh, of a time gone by. Um, and we are talking today about San Marino, Monaco, and Andorra. That's right. We visited these three countries as part of our Indie Rail trip. And before we start, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Drome, ACP Rail and Urban Adventures. Yeah, Urban Adventures gave us day tours pretty much wherever we went with local guides. Uh, Drome hooked us up with internet so we could share even more with you. And ACP Rail connected us with uh, URL tickets so we could get around the place. Yeah, traveling by train in Europe is definitely the way to get around. Although... Not necessarily for these three countries. San Marino doesn't have a rail network. Neither does Andorra. And uh, Monaco, well, yes, you can get there by train, but actually it's better to go by bus. So (laughs) you should definitely travel around Europe by train, and we highly recommend ACP Rail for the tickets, but uh, not, not necessarily for these countries. Well, let's begin with San Marino. To me, San Marino is the country that everyone who grew up reading fantasy novels wants to go and visit because it's a country that is 
pretty much a, a city with a whole lot of small outlying smaller towns and farmsteads and it's all pretty much on a mountain. Yes, it's basically a country on a hill or a mountain if you want to be kind. But it's it's a very kind of round, tall mountain with a ridge on the top and on the top of this ridge are three towers and these towers are the symbol of San Marino and also one of its major tourist attractions. The best way to get to San Marino is by bus, as we said, it doesn't have a rail network. And you have to get there from nearby Rimini. In fact, the whole country of San Marino is surrounded by Italy. So if you're going to San Marino, you will have to go to Italy first. Uh, San Marino doesn't have an airport either. So it's by car or by bus, really. We arrived by bus from Rimini, and we had two nights there. We were couch surfing, but most people just do a day tour. And while you can see pretty much all there is to see in San Marino in a day, we recommend you, you stay overnight at least one night because it's a very big tourist attraction. Lots and lots and lots of people are there during the day. But at night, when no one's around, it's kind of magical. Yeah, it seems like it's kind of the, the place du jour for Russians at the moment. We were, we were battling and elbowing and shouldering our way through groups of maybe... 15 to 55 uh, Russian tourists in narrow medieval alleys, which uh, gave it this kind of mythical feel. Um, yeah, well, my friend Andrea said that there are two flights from Moscow every day wow. to Romini, and pe people take those flights to go to San Marino. That's mad. That is indeed. Um, it's also a, a tax-free shopping haven, yeah. so there might be a little bit of that going on. But uh, the place itself is beautiful. And mm -hmm. once you get to the top of the hill, um, if you go by tour bus, you're likely to get dropped off in a car park near the peaks. Uh, otherwise, if you are staying down below in one of the, the castellos, or mm, I guess you could maybe approximate that to suburbs of <laughs> San Marino, um, there's a, a gondola that goes up and down. Yeah, a cable car. It costs €4.50. And uh, yeah, that's return. You can get some very good views from it. We didn't actually do it though, because there are paths that you can take from Borgia Maggiore, which is the, the town below the, the Sita, which is the, the upper town. And uh, we took one path up and the other path down. So we didn't actually go by a cable car. The first path we took um, goes through the old railway tunnels, because there used to be a railway that was bombed out in World War II. And the path takes you through these gallerias, which are really interesting. It's, it's quite an interesting walk. It also takes you past the, uh, the cemetery, which has these old, ornate tombs, which kind of make you think about vampires. We didn't see any vampires. It was the middle of the day, but, you know, you can imagine. <laughs> that uh, reminds me of the, uh, the witch's path, oh, yes. which uh, is one part where there's a, a rather steep cliff and drop-off between two of the towers, and uh, it's called the witch's path because that's where the witches used to be thrown from. Mm. So that was that was their last walk. Yeah, the witch's path, even though it has kind of a, a murky, dirty history, is a really nice way to walk from the second tower to the third tower. If you want to visit the towers, you can buy the red card, which costs €4.50. It seems like everything in San Marino costs €4.50. Anyway, you can, ca you can get this red card, which gives you entrance to the first and the second tower. You can't go into the third tower. It really is just a tower, and the door is kind of four metres above your head. So... No point in that. But you do need to go and have a look at it because it's part of the experience. And, and these the, towers are the symbol of San Marino, so you've got to visit them all. And the views there are just 
stunning. I yeah. mean, you've got medieval towers which have been reconstructed or remodeled over centuries and just perched on top of these cliffs with massive drop-offs and views forever. And, it's amazing. Yeah, just absolutely stunning. Um, well, anything else about San Marino or shall we drop down to the Mediterranean coast and talk about Monaco? Well, I suppose you can say there's there's a few other things you can do in, in San Marino. There's the Basilica, which is really beautiful. Inside some of the towers, inside one of the towers, there's a museum, and in the other, there's uh, kind of information boards. There are lots of interesting looking museums that you can go to, and lots of restaurants for lunch. So it's a really good place to visit. Mm. But I think one of my favorite moments was going back up to the, the Witch's Walk after dark and looking out over the whole country. It was amazing. Yeah, after everything quietens down and everyone leaves, and we're really not joking when we say everyone leaves at night, we walked around for maybe half an hour, something like that, and saw six other people. And during the day, there were kind of six people per five square meters. Mm -hmm. And so it just, it it gets quiet. It it was amazing. Of course, we did go up at one in the morning. So anyway, yes, let's move on to Monaco. So Monaco is quite, quite far away from San Marino. It's pretty much surrounded by France, although it does have a border with the Mediterranean Sea, of course, being Monaco. (laughs) (laughs) That was very descriptive. Thanks. (laughs) Uh, If you've not heard of Monaco, you've probably heard of Monte Carlo, which Mm -hmm. is its capital and uh, famous for its casino and its high flying life. And we found this true when we were researching accommodation for Monaco to go and stay just for one night. The the cheapest budget accommodation we could find was, I think, 120 euros per night. 120 euros. And this was looking three or four weeks in advance. There just wasn't anything cheap around there. So we had a look a bit further afield and not far away in Nice, there were lots and lots of cheap budget accommodation options. So we went and stayed there instead. And that was a very good idea because although the, the train cost €3.50 Euros 50 between Nice and Monaco, the bus was only a euro. So you can imagine we paid €20 Euros for our accommodation in Nice plus €2 Euros there and €2 Euros back to get to, uh, to get to Monaco. So the difference between €24 Euros and €120, Euros, quite, quite large. Yeah, reasonably significant. And that journey, whether you take it by bus or by train, is absolutely stunning. Uh, it follows the coast along um, between Nice and Monaco. And there's a whole lot of little villages and little kind of holiday areas and small communities and beautiful views of the sea along the bay, along the coast, mm-hmm. and with all of these little uh, little towns just popping up along the way. Um it's I'd, I'd rank it up there with some of my best train journeys um, in Europe. It was quite amazing. Apart from the accommodation, though, we didn't find Monaco that expensive, probably because we ate from food stalls uh, on the side of the road rather than going into restaurants. But, uh, yeah, it was, quite, it was quite reasonable. There were lots of cheap and free things to do. For example, the Japanese gardens were, were quite amazing. They opened at 9 a.m. Mm. and we, we wandered around them for 20 minutes, half an hour. Uh, we went into the casino, which is free to enter, but if you want to go into one of the main gaming rooms, you do have to pay. And if you want to enter at all, you need to be adequately dressed. You know, you can't go in and flip-flops and, and beach clothes. Uh, you have to check your coat, which was a bit strange, and they expect a tip. <laughs> and uh, we just 
play. I think we we had five euros or ten euros, and we just played them on the um, on the machines. Yeah, we spent a... them on the machines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you say play, you mean yeah. just fed Lost. them in. Lost. Yeah. Um, the yeah, there's a public room which is pretty open. Um, you're not allowed to take cameras in, so either keep your phone in your pocket, or you'll get some uh, very quick. Uh, attention from the security mm. guards and uh, consider checking your camera in the coat check as well but it's yeah, a pity can... because it's a really really beautiful building yeah i wish we could show it to you but you'll just have to go there yourself and uh, if you're going to relive your james bond fantasies and uh, go and play with the big boys then well you're probably not listening to this podcast are you? <laughs> if you want to do that you'll need to save in advance if you're our <laughs> standard listener uh, the casino only opens at 2pm though, so plan your day around that because we went there what, around 1 o'clock mm. and it wasn't open yet, so we had to go and do other things until it opened. I really enjoyed um, near the casino walking around some of the galleries and shopping centres. Um, a lot of them were kind of made in the the era when it was de jour to go to Monaco, so these magnificent Art Nouveau and, and modernist art buildings are filled with top-level brands and, you know, $10,000 pairs of shorts. Mm-hmm. and <laughs> It was ridiculous. But, um, the yeah, just beautiful buildings in this kind of um, post-war and, and mid-war and Regency architecture. and Yeah, it was beautiful. Monaco was also quite a steep country. The, it started up high and slopes down to the water where there's, there's a big wharf, a big marina. And actually just wandering around, having a look at the yachts was quite nice as well. But because it's so steep, there are lots of elevators and escalators which are free to use uh, if you need to get up to the next level up. One thing that's up higher is Monacoville, which is kind of the, the city centre or the old town of, of Monaco. And it's also known as The Rock. That's where you'll find the cathedral, the oceanographic museum, and the prince's palace. If you plan your time well, there's a changing of the guard ceremony at 11.55am. We missed it. But, you know, maybe if you are more organised than us, you can see it. Yeah, we we go there and don't see things, so you can do it instead. (laughs) Uh, I I think it was very walkable. I know some people catch the bus between the downtown marina bit and the ville and but if you're not scared of a few stairs or angled walkways uh, you can definitely walk around and we had a a really pleasant day the sky was blue but it wasn't too hot Mm -hmm. especially after our uh, extremely rainy day the day before yeah so it was just nice to be out and wandering around and yeah lovely um well um, I'm, I'm beginning to get a feeling actually that all of these micronations are up on top of hills. Uh-huh. Uh, Slightly differently. <laughs> our, our next one was up in the mountains, and this is when we realised that summer was truly <laughs> over. Uh, we caught the train into the border town and, and jumped on a bus that would take us up through customs. Um, Andorra isn't part of the Schengen Agreement, so there's a, a customs search and passports to be stamped at the border. And, uh, and then you're in. But by the time we arrived um, at the, the customs checkpoint and border, it was negative seven degrees. The <laughs> snow was falling across our bus and um, the, the road was just getting whiter and whiter. So 
when the guy behind us got escorted off of the bus after the uh, the search dog took an interest in him and the road in front of us was getting higher and higher with snow and the temperature at the front of the bus, uh, the kind of display panel was getting lower and lower, I was beginning to wonder if I was going to freeze to death. It was hilarious. We, we just weren't prepared for it. It was so cold. So we arrived in Paz de la Casa and the... The snow was ankle deep. We were kind of wading through it, laughing. But luckily, Paz de la Casa is the, the highest point. It's kind of right up the mountain, and that's the border town. So we caught a bus to Andorra la Vela, which is kind of two-thirds of the way across the country towards Spain, and we had a steady downward slope. So I suppose Andorra is kind of like a valley. If San Marino is on a hill and Monaco is on a slope down to the, down to the sea, um, Andorra is kind of in the middle of a valley with the high point being Paz de la Casa and just kind of gradually goes down until you get to Andorra la Vela, which is also cold, but not freezing. No, it was, it was amazing going from a white as far as you could see, just everything covered in snow. And within 10 minutes of driving, you're in these verdant green valleys with, with not a touch of snow on the top of the peaks in front of you. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was really something special. Actually, I think that bus trip from Paz de la Casa to Andorra la Vela was one of my favorite parts of our time in Andorra. We had two or three days there, and it was just a really, really beautiful journey. We arrived by train, which was ill-advised, really, because Andorra doesn't have a train network. But uh, what we did was we did an overnight train from Nice to Toulouse, and we had to wait a while, and we caught another train to um, La Hospitalet, which is the, the border town on the French side. And while I'd done a lot of research into how to cross that border, because it's kind of a 15-kilometre trip, I couldn't find the information I needed. I knew there were buses, but there were only two buses a day uh, that, that did that route, one at 7am and one about 7pm, which was not ideal given that we were arriving at 9.30. But <laughs> luckily, the French train network runs one bus a day, which connects with our train. So we caught that, that bus across the border and we were home free. Yeah, if you're going to recreate this journey, then it is possible, despite the other information you see online and the complete lack of any documentation about this bus, uh, it does exist. Uh, however, you're going to have to run, follow the other people that are running, from the train to the bus. Mm -hmm. You see people start running off the train across the car park, you follow them and you try and beat them <laughs> because the bus only takes a certain number of people and when all of the seats are taken up, the bus driver closes the door and everyone else is stuck there. Yeah. Now the locals probably have a, a cousin to call or something like that to come and pick them up uh, and we saw people on the phones as soon as they got you know, stopped off the bus, but you're not going to have that. So you're <laughs> going to be stuck at a hospitalette, which as far as we could figure, consisted of a train station. That's right. So yeah, you want to be running from the train with your bag but across the car park. One good thing was that because this bus was run by the French train network, we had URL passes and they were accepted. So we didn't actually have to pay anything for that bus. Mm. So if you are traveling on a, a rail pass, bear that in mind. Now, Andorra, a lot of people just go to Paz de la Casa for skiing or they go to Andorra la Vela for duty-free shopping and buy heaps of um, cigars and cigarettes and booze and then pop back down to Spain or, or up to France. There is a little bit more to do, which uh, some people we spoke to were surprised about. 
there are some some great galleries. It's a beautiful city, mm-hmm. and uh, there's wonderful hiking around the place. Yeah. That's what I kind of took away: is go back with a week, bring hiking gear. Yes, we didn't do that. We only had two days. We did do a little bit of hiking because, as we said, Andorra La Vella is in a valley, and uh, there are paths kind of up the valley a little bit, so you can walk along parallel to the city and look down on it, which was really nice. Indeed. Well, I think that will just about wrap up talking about the micronations today, San Marino, Monaco and Andorra. Hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, this will be our second to last podcast of the year coming out on Christmas. So I, uh, yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And uh, Happy New Year. We've got one more show for the year, which uh, will be lining up, ready to go. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been a good year, eh? Yeah, it's been great. We, I was just looking over um, an article recently about how Facebook misrepresents what people's year is like because it's all the highlights. And I was thinking, actually, our year, although it has had its, its lowlights, it has been a really awesome year. Yeah, the last couple of months have been hard, but it's been so amazing reviewing uh, photos from, well, all through the year and up until mid-November where uh, our world kind of stopped for a bit. Mm, that was very, and, very depressing. Um, yeah, it's just so nice looking back and uh, seeing everything we've done, all of the amazing people that we've met this year, the listeners that we've managed to catch up with, and uh, just having all of you following our journey and uh, giving us your support. Yeah, thank you so and, much for your support. Uh, it really means a lot to us. Yeah, and every email that we've had this year of people saying, hey, I've been listening for a year, I've finally started traveling, or I leave next month, what shall I do about... Ah! <laughs> uh, has just been so fantastic so yeah Merry Christmas and uh, until next week travel well you're going to steal it you're going to steal it I wouldn't steal it on Christmas you would you would <laughs>